What's going on, Whisper Nation, and welcome into the Week 10 Preview Show. This is Part 3. Uh, we're going to be going through about six games today. Right here! I am your host, Big Travi. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at BigTraviTFW. My co-host is Johnny GameTime Hicks, who you can find on Twitter, at Johnny underscore GameTime. Johnny, how are you, man? Hey, we say this is uh, part three, but really, like, this this is, like, part, like, eight for us. Uh, once again, game time coming through with the technical difficulties. But, hey, we're not going to let that stop us. Get this content out. We're excited to break down these games. Big Travi. Yeah, we're going to uh, go through six games here. Uh, a yeah, but it sounds real exciting. I, 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 I thought something else was coming there, but I guess not. Uh, six six games you to go thought through I was every gonna, fantasy. I, I listen, I, I know I was going to. You thought I was going to mention the, the ghost uh, that we almost recorded with uh, with the show, but uh, I wasn't going to go there until, yeah, really until you made me bring it up. In, really letting Whisper Nation in behind the curtains here of all the technical difficulties we've had today, but... Fear not, we are here. We've got six games to go through, every fantasy-relevant player in those matchups. And so without further ado, we're going to start with Johnny's uh, first game, and that is the Cleveland Browns hosting the Houston Texans. Johnny, this is a 54-point over-under with Cleveland favored by three at home. You look at the Deshaun Watson playing at an MVP level. These uh, This offense, since Bill O'Brien has been uh, fired, has really been unleashed. So... Obviously, we're locking and locking and loaded with Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah, who who would have thought? You know, get rid of Bill O'Brien, all of a sudden you can uh, make make some make some things happen. Uh, that surprises no one, realistically. Um, I was being facetious there and sarcastic, uh, but I'm not being facetious and sarcastic when I say you gotta start Deshaun Watson. No matter, he's a plug in. He's not a you know, he's a plug and play quarterback you dropped him in the top five top six rounds uh and, and so if you have him you're playing him every single week this is actually a good matchup though as well so you get the good with the extra great and you get that cherry on top because cleveland is top 10 in points allowed uh to uh opposing quarterback so uh fire up deshaun watson it should be a good day for him any interest in what's going on with that backfield? Obviously, David Johnson concussed, but uh, Duke Johnson stands to get good volume here, Johnny. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in this backfield. Now, it's not... Do I think that there's RB1 upside here? Maybe low-end RB1 upside with Duke Johnson. I am interested to see what he can do. Now, as of recording this, uh, David Johnson is still not practicing. He is still in concussion protocol. That... That concussion, Travis, that he sustained, man, I'm feeling it today, right now, as I'm sitting here, uh, you know, trying to give this give this breakdown because, man, it looked brutal, and I don't expect him to play in this week's games. You know, you talk about just in an overall general aspect of concussions and what happens uh, with players is uh, since they started to really crack down on this. Travis, about half of the players missed the following week after being diagnosed with a concussion. So, again, that's not uh, indefinite to say that, yeah, David Johnson will not play this week, but it's not looking good. And so the matchup isn't particularly great. You know, Cleveland is only giving up about 18 fantasy points on average to opposing running backs, uh, which is, uh, you know, bottom half as you know in the league but duke johnson should get the majority of the carries there he saw the majority of the snaps once david johnson went out of this game 
Yeah, Johnny got 20 touches in last week's game with uh, David Johnson out. So you like that. So even if it is a tough, ma tough matchup, like we, we talked about here, the volume there puts him on that RB2 radar uh, immediately this week. But let's talk about the wide receivers, Johnny, because it started this year. Brandon Cook's coming back from injury. Will Fuller kind of being um, the dominant wide receiver one. But I di dive a little deeper into the numbers. You're seeing something a little bit. Uh, I mean, we'll just explain it a little bit. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll just do that. Um, so Cleveland, look, on paper, it, it looks great. It's green, uh, probably whatever platform you're on. Uh, it's looking like, you know, fire up these wide receivers. Will Fuller, here's what I'll say. Uh, he started off the season really, really hot, uh, and Cleveland is a top five matchup uh, when, and when you're looking at points allowed to the wide receiver position. Here's what I, say, I will say, though. When you look at how Cleveland gives up their points, right, uh, they aren't explosive plays. In fact, Cleveland is allowing the seventh uh, least amount of uh, explosive plays in the league. And so that's kind of where Will Fuller has been making his heyday. I actually think this is a big day uh, or big game for Brandon Cooks. And kind of surprisingly, it or as it shouldn't surprise you, Brandon Cooks has actually been the wide receiver one low-key in this offense over the last few weeks. If you look at weeks four through nine, Brandon Cooks has 42 targets and Will Fuller has 37, Travis. Uh, you're also looking at Brandon Cooks getting a 1.8 yards per route ran. And if you look at the cornerback matchup that Pro Football Focus puts out, um, that actually bodes really well with kind of what uh, Cleveland generally gives up. So I expect this to be a big day for Brandon Cooks. I even think that Randall Cobb in some deep leagues uh, could get some some good usage as well. He's got a great matchup, and he's given, getting 1.6 yards per route run. Once again, a lot of those underneath stuff, is which is what Cleveland likes to give up. They'll give you anything in front of you. Uh, they just want to give up the big play there. So I just want people to say like, you're going to start Will Fuller, but he's going to be more of like a wide receiver, a low end wide receiver two this week. Uh, whereas I think Brandon cooks has the potential to be a low end wide receiver one. I really like the breakdown there. And then the bottom line is, is, you know, this is from Rotopad at, at rotoworld.com. He says that Brandon cook's been the wide receiver eight. In PPR formats, since Bill O'Brien's been fired, that is fantastic news if you're Brandon Cook's truther. Uh, I think that's no slight on Will Fuller. Will Fuller's still going to get his, but Brandon Cook's is also and we getting can, his. And Any we, interest in? We kind of knew this, right? Like Bill O'Brien was a huge Will Fuller fan, so you can almost understand why Will Fuller was so featured under Bill O'Brien. I still think Will Fuller suits better as that deep down-the-field stretcher that can really explode at any different time where Brandon Cooks can be your possession receiver, but also blow the top off when he needs to. No interest in the tight ends, right, Johnny? Both of these guys kind of capping each other's production. Yeah, and it's also not the greatest matchup uh, when you look at Cleveland. They they are actually in the bottom half of points allowed to the tight end position, so I, I would look elsewhere. Johnny, when we did the waiver show this week, you said Baker Mayfield was maybe a, you know, didn't make you feel good, but worth a stream this week. I need you to sell me on this because I, even in his good matchups, he's not produced, and the only games he has is against Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I understand it doesn't sound like uh, the greatest, and there's not a lot of confidence behind it, or at least you wouldn't seem like there would be. But listen, Houston is top five in points allowed to the quarterback position, and look at just last week. They gave up 23.5 fantasy points to Jake, uh, Jake Lutton. 
your glutton for Lutton, you gave him, uh, you put him in your lineup, and he didn't, he didn't do that bad, right? Like he, he gave you a, a solid, solid floor. And listen, last time I checked, Lutton was drafted in the sixth round, and I believe Baker Mayfield was drafted a few picks before that. So I do believe that uh, Andy has more playmakers as well. So I do think that with those two things combined, and then I'm going to steal this stamp, Travis. Seal your stamp of approval, hopefully, by saying that he gets his guard Wyatt Teller back. Now, you know, it's a, it's an offensive lineman. Yeah, we know how exciting that can be. But just how good is Wyatt Teller? Well, according to Pro Football Focus, he is uh, the number one play, uh, number one guard at his position. Uh, and since he's been out uh, since October 11th, uh, he sustained a calf injury against the Colts. Do you want to take a guess, Travis, at how many touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, they've given up? Uh, on the uh, sorry, not giving up. But do you want to guess how many rushing touchdowns Cleveland has scored since he went out on October 11th? Well, this isn't a guess, given it's our second time recording this episode. It's zero. <laughs> yes, that is correct. And as you know, since this is the second time recording, uh, that he he they, the Browns had eight rushing touchdowns in the first few weeks when he was running the ball. So that is a good sign. They get that. Uh, back and like I said, this is a high over under, so you like that with Baker Mayfield. I just think that the pairing goes well. Then you're looking at as well. He's getting a couple other key pieces back. Travis, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. You ever heard of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah, Nick Chubb is not only pretty good; he is the best runner in the entire NFL. And there is a lot of stats to back that up. I'm not just you know blowing some smoke up your guys' rear ends because uh, I'm Johnny Game Time. That's not what, and this is the second time we're recording that. That's not That's not what I'm doing here, all right? Uh, what I'm telling you, though, is that the, the Browns were ranked first in the league with 5.9 yards per carry through their first four games. With Chubb out in their past four games, they have been 26th with only 3.9 yards per carry and 24th with 95.5 yards per game. This is according to ESPN. So uh, you definitely like getting both of these guys in their lineup. Houston giving up the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs. And uh, I think Nick Chubb is going to have a field day. Uh, he shed the brace today in practice. Travis is a good day. It's a good day. Hallelujah. Yeah, not only uh, Nick Chubb, but I love the Cream Hunt play continuing to roll forward as well. Houston uh, is among the top three in points allowed to the running back position this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so you like that. Um, they're definitely one of the best matchups. Oh, and the, uh, I mean, you got to also expect that they're going to split some time, right? Like Nick Chubb, I, I doubt, comes back and gets a, a massive, massive workload. Um you know, even yeah, and Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt was on the RB two radar even with Chubb in in the games yep. he was in, and that was in a, a complimentary role because he's efficient with pass catching. So right. that'll be good. But speaking of pass catchers, Johnny, we're looking at these wide receivers, and without OBJ, it seems to be the Jarvis Landry show. I know we only had one game; it was a really wacky game with the with the rain. But how are you feeling about Jarvis Landry, and then Austin Hooper also coming back from injury as well? Yeah, so Jarvis Landry, I love getting him in your lineup this week. It's a it's a really good matchup against Houston. Um, you also, you know, saw that with OBJ out, 
Jarvis Landry did see, you know, 10 plus targets. So uh, I do think that Rashard Higgins gets a little bit more gameplay here and you could see another boom game from him, but I'm not calling for that. So if you're feeling like a, a gambling person uh, and need a, a dart throw, Rashard Higgins could be on your waiver wire because, you know, they had a bye week last week. People might have dropped him in need for other players. I think that he has a shot uh, to potentially catch a couple long bombs from Baker. But like you said, the only w- other real pass catcher that I- I'm really excited about in this game is Austin Hooper. You're talking about, Travis, one of uh, the top three most targeted um, targeted tight ends at, you know, in the NFL three weeks the three weeks combined before Austin Hooper had his uh, surgery, his appendix surgery, uh, he was one of the most targeted tight ends. So yeah, 20, I, 23 targets in that span, caught five uh, passes in each game. He was really starting to get his usage up there, um, and then he got hurt. The only thing I will add here, there is a little bit of concern with David Njoku being activated in that time, so I would say that maybe his ceiling's a little bit capped, but I'm fine rolling out Austin Hooper, got, getting in some full practice, and this is a great matchup. Yeah, you absolutely, you absolutely love the matchup. So uh, that's where I would uh, go with this matchup. On to the next one here. On to the next the one. Detroit, we, got, we got the Detroit Lions uh, hosting the Washington football team. Johnny, this is a 45.5 point over under with Detroit favored by three points only at home. We look at the Washington side of the fo- football and uh, the foot, the side of the football yeah. on the football team. Uh, it doesn't look Alex. pretty. That's you don't yeah. want to look on that side of the football. That's what I'll say. Uh, we've got Alex Smith as the quarterback right now, Johnny, I'm playing Alex Smith against you in our listener league. That's because it is yeah. a 14 team. Actually, is it a 16 team? Uh, I can't six. even remember. 16 team league, 14 team, whatever. I don't know. They're all blurring together at this point. Uh, I'm playing him because Mahomes is on by, but I don't feel great about it. Can Whisper Nation trust Alex Smith? No. No, you can't, to be (laughs) honest with you. Uh, I'm glad Big Travi is playing him against me. No, I mean, in all all honesty, okay, if this is a, you know, a two quarterback league and you got to play two quarterbacks and, you know, you do have Pat Mahomes in that league and you need to start someone, Alex Smith should be fine. He should be decent. Uh, You look at the matchup, Detroit giving up the 12th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. It's not going to be pretty, but it'll dink and dunk his way down there. And then you just got to hope that uh, they don't turn around and hand it off to Antonio Gibson uh, or McKissick uh, for the touchdown, but you sure as heck know that Alex Smith is not going to rush for that touchdown. Or at least you hope he doesn't. Yeah, well, that's because they've got some running backs there, right, Johnny? They've got Antonio Gibson, who didn't practice on Wednesday, but then returned to a full practice today. Uh, You look at Antonio, Antonio Gibson in this matchup, also J.D. McKissick getting a lot of work with uh, Alex Smith in the two games that he played. How are you feeling about these backs going up against Detroit? Yeah, so Detroit giving up the, the most points to opposing running backs. So instantly you're interested in this running back backfield, right? Um, now, J.D. McKissick is more of the pass-catching running back. So if you are in a PPR uh, league, or uh, I would weigh more into that. I would be more considering playing McKissick as, a, you know, a low-end, maybe uh, RB2, high-end RB3, I think, because of the floor of that. Uh, but if I'm in a standard league, I'm going Antonio Gibson. He's going to he's gonna see the bulk of the carries. And I do 
I do hope that they do get him involved a little bit more in the pass catching. I know he has seen some uh, pass catching uh, recently, but um, it's it's not significant, you know, into where like McKissick is getting, you know, 10 plus targets. I would like to see Gibson get those because, you know, he was a former wide receiver. So, you know, he could do some some damage with them. I will say Gibson is getting some work. Um, he, he has been getting some targets in the passing game, so he hasn't been completely non-existent, but his pass blocking has been really poor. And so that's why he is probably going to be a, in a situation where he's not in on a lot of third downs, right? Mm-hmm. Johnny, Terry McLaurin locked in your lineup. Dude's just a stud. Yeah, uh, I absolutely love Terry McLaurin. He is getting a 29.38 target market share. He is seeing 78.8 per eight. Oh, if I can 78.89% of his total, uh, his team's total targets, uh, and, and offense. So you really like having Terry McLaurin, but other than that, you're not really interested in anybody else. You know, Detroit is bottom half and points allowed to the wide receiver position. So this is much more of a run funnel team. Uh, you know, you've, you've heard big Travi talk about a team being a pass funnel versus a run funnel. Uh, this is a definitely a, a team that wants you to run on them. They give up the most yards to opposing running backs. So the only guy I'm considering here is Terry McLaurin. I'm not chasing the points of uh, Cam Sims this week. Or chasing any points there with Logan Thomas either. Mm-mm. All right, on the other side of the ball, the Detroit Lions, Matt Stafford um, had a neck issue, but he is practicing in full. How are you feeling? Because this pass defense for the Washington football team has been pretty good. So are you feeling okay with Stafford, especially without potentially Kenny G? I'm very concerned with Stafford. We've seen the splits without Kenny G involved. And, you know, when you look at the wide receivers, you know, in the wide receiver group around him, it's not the best, Travis. You know, Marvin Jones, I, I know he's on the waiver wire column. I know that uh, we get excited about Marvin Jones when he shows us these glimpses of what he potentially could be. But we see this every single year, Travis. Like, he has games. And, yeah, of course, he can get in the end zone. Uh, I I just don't feel confident in this matchup. Again, you're looking at Washington, and I know it's not uh, what you expect, but Washington actually gives up the least amount of fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Um, So I am concerned uh, with Stafford. Uh, you know, being injury uh, injured coming off of that, as well as the lack of wide receivers, and then you pair it with the matchup and it's just not a good recipe like none of that sounded good like not even telling you and saying it out loud made it sound good like all right we've got to play two alternate universes here so yeah one universe is the universe in which kenny galladay plays how are you okay. feeling about him in your lineup and the other alternate universe is if kenny g doesn't play and how does that make you feel about marvin jones you know the last time i said that uh you know kenny g was coming back it was uh, you know i i don't know if you remember it was a few weeks ago but uh it was against the arizona cardinals you know and i said oh kenny g's coming back and i don't know if you should start him about patrick pisa blah 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 it's kenny g and you know what he did he went out and he scored a touchdown and he got you like 12 fantasy points and he was a beast why because he's kenny g you get him in your lineup if he's out there i understand the matchup's not great but if he's out there and it means that they're confident in him playing and being able to put up some kind of points and he's always a touchdown threat. So I would be OK getting him in your lineup considering you probably don't have a better option. 
I don't like it, but temper your expectations if you do. But you just can't you can't sit there and say, oh, well, it sucks when Kenny G goes off for two touchdowns and, you know, 50 yards. Even that uh, is well, pretty nice. I don't know if Kenny G goes. He didn't practice again today. I hear that we're recording this on Thursday. I doubt he goes. I, yeah, I, I don't really expect him to go. So if he doesn't go, Johnny, Marvin Jones, are we throwing him in our lineup? He didn't have a really great game last week without – I mean, he did. Score, I know it's without... unfortunate because he did. Well, I mean, fortunate if you did play him, uh, but we were telling everyone not to play him or we told him to play other players over him. Um, and then he fell into the end zone, of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's a wide receiver three. Uh, you know, that's where he'd be for me. Uh, once again, I don't love the matchup. So uh, with that being said, you know, I, w- I would like to talk about. Um, someone I do like in the pass catching, actually two people I like in the pass catching. One would be TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson, number two overall tight end, Travis. Yeah, I said it with that because you have to like really give him some like credit there. Like you got to, you almost have to clear the throat when you're saying number two tight end right now. Yeah. So TJ Hawkinson. All right. Yeah, Hawkinson has four touchdowns in his last five games. He's pretty much locked in your lineup with the tight end landscape the way it is. Yeah. He did. Uh, he is a little dinged up right now. Uh, limited practice session, so make sure you keep an eye on that. Yeah. Finally, Johnny, we got to end it on the D- Detroit side with DeAndre Swift. Um, I don't think you can be comfortable starting Adrian Peterson or on Johnson going forward, but DeAndre Swift um, is has some appeal this week. Yeah, it's a little unfortunate that. Uh, you know, you keep seeing, you know, carry on Johnson, either fall into the end zone or Adrian Peterson, he'll get his, uh, you know, share every once in a while. But if you like really watch these games, it's, it's a lot of Deandre Swift. Uh, he's getting the bulk of the carries. He's getting the bulk of, uh, the, the opportunities as far as being in the game, uh, and, and his, in his, uh, route participation. So Deandre Swift was very close to scoring, a couple of touchdowns last week, which would have made his day and everyone would have been talking about him this week. But instead it gives you a little bit of a buy low opportunity in this last week, usually before the trade deadline. So if you can go out and and get DeAndre Swift, I do think he is the guy that you will want moving forward. He hasn't had like the major boom weeks because of, you know, putting it together with touchdowns versus uh, the yardage, but the yardage has been consistent. I do think he gets the end zone. Um, with uh, Washington, bottom 12 in fantasy points allowed to the running back position. Uh, it's not the greatest matchup, but he should be in your flex position at least. All right. Well, we've done your matchups, Johnny. I think it's yeah. my turn to dive into some matchups myself. Yeah, I'm a little tired of talking about my matchups, you know, for the second time. So let's dive into yours, Travis. Uh, first up here, well, I'll just break down the four that you're going to have first or that we're going to talk about. It's going to be Tampa Bay at Carolina, Philadelphia at the New York Giants, Jacksonville at your Green Bay Packers. I don't know why I say your Green I mean, I, I, like, I, I have a little bit of pride when I say your Green Bay Packers. I, I'll well, they're definitely mine, not yours. So. Well, yeah, that's, you know, that's here nor here for a different show. And then last is Buffalo at my Arizona Cardinals uh, to end out the show. I know that one for sure. All right, so let's start with this Tampa Bay at Carolina Panthers. This is a 50 and a half point over under and Tampa Bay is favored by six Travis I want to start off on Tampa Bay side of the ball here um, you know you have T- uh, Tom Brady who let's let's not you know beat around the bush here and address the elephant in the room he didn't play well last week 
uh, and and neither did any of this entire offense. So I want to start with Tom Brady. Start there. Can you trust him? Is he an every week starter? Do we have to have this conversation again, or can we soothe the easy eardrums and minds of the of Whisper Nation by saying depending it was just... on the technical difficulties, we may have to have this conversation again. <laughs> yeah. But we would we would like <laughs> Let's to not. Hope not. Uh, <laughs> we would like to not. So here's the thing with Tom Brady. Last week was the first time in three weeks that he didn't have multiple touchdowns. Carolina's pass defense is ranked as the 29th most efficient, which is not the most. It's the least. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> not a very good situation to be in. I'm fine with Tom Brady. He's in a nice bounce box, bounce back spot here. I know he's going to be some up and down. They're going to have some chemistry issues all year. Like, that's just going to be their thing. But if you can target a good matchup like I think this one is, um, I think you're just going to be fine here. I mean, that's because of the weapons he's got. And so I'll just start there with these wide receivers, Johnny. Look, I know it's a situation that people don't really want to get into too much because there's just so many mouths to feed, but I, I had to break it down a little bit here. So Chris Godwin, he's out there. He's averaging seven targets, 5.6 catches, 64 yards a game, and just under half a touchdown per contest this year. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with injury. They taped him up. He's got the dislocated finger, but I think he's he, he didn't suffer any setbacks. He's the most trustworthy piece in the wide receiving core for me, just based on his style of play, his compiling, and the way that we've seen Tom Brady work in the past and with him uh, this year. So he's got wide receiver two slash three usage, and this is a spread the ball around offense. So he's not going to really hit the ceiling he was hitting with Jameis Winston. Then you look at Mike Evans, who's just been a, an awful disappointment this year. I mean, I think he's only on pace for 50 catches this year. It's just a god-awful pace for a guy that has averaged you know, a thousand yards per year um, for six years in the league so far. Godwin, with Godwin and AB on the field, Evans saw the most targets he's seen with any game with Godwin just alone. So that was kind of intriguing. He saw six targets. Obviously, some of that has to do um, with the way this game worked out for them as they were trying to climb back into it. And, but you look at what Evans is going to face. He's going to face Dante Jackson of Carolina. He's allowed 1.24 yards per route run. That's the best matchup of any of these Carolina corners. So I actually don't mind flexing in a desperation situation Mike Evans here. And I also feel the oh, same about darn. Antonio Brown. Flexing Mike Evans. What a shame. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's that's the world we're living in, though, man. Yeah. I've just been so touchdown dependent. Uh, very low catch volume uh, this year. Antonio Brown, that's the last one in this uh, this bunch of wide receivers. That's your third best wide receiver, technically, on paper. Uh, that's a great problem to have. He played 78% of the team's snaps. He got a healthy five targets. He only caught three of them for 31 yards. But those two drops, Johnny, they weren't really on him. They were on on Tom Brady, and he led the team in air yards from that dra drastic game against the Saints on Sunday night. So I think he's going to be worthy of a flex spot every time he plays because they're running deep routes for him. I talked about those air yards. I think Antonio Brown could be flexed as well. Yeah, you definitely and, have uh, you definitely have a lot of upside with a Antonio Brown. I like what you say there, but that's not the only. Uh, I mean, he's, I loved how you put it. You know, Antonio Brown on paper is your third best uh, wide receiver. Well, on paper, your fourth best option, I guess, would be the uh, new and revamped option here, and Rob Gronkowski, who's starting to get you know things put back together. He's starting to get his his body back into football shape and you know over the last the way few you just, 
The way you describe it, he's getting put back together like uh, Humpty Dumpty who fell off the wall. But that that's a pretty good comp to Gronk, who's spent his year pretty or spent his uh, career pretty injured. Yeah, look, Johnny Gronk's the tight end ten and standard. In his last seven games, he's had um, only less than six targets twice. Um, so five games with more than six targets, that's great. He's a plug-and-play tight end one, in my opinion. You look at the climate of tight end, it's just very volatile. I think you can put him in there. And, and then Carolina giving up nearly 10 points per game to tight ends. I, I think it's fine to, to put Gronk in there and continue to roll him out as a tight end one. All right, and we'll end this talking about Tampa Bay. By, let's just talk about this running back, uh, the running backs between – Oh, I have to say, man, like – we came into this year so excited about Tampa Bay's offense, and they have got to be one of the most depressing offenses to talk about just based on the way that they just spread the ball around between all of their good players. <laughs> it's not fair. Why are <laughs> you guys so good? And why can you just not have every equal everyone have equal shares? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, this is one of the downsides, right? This was one of our fears coming in was that – you know, it would be a little bit unpredictable. Oh, uh, 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 uh. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to do that. Um, but yeah. That, so, wasn't in, that wasn't the in the original version that we recorded. No, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you think, think of things uh, you got, yeah. on the second, uh, second time around. Sometimes, sometimes you think of things. I'm going to quote Johnny Game Time on that. Uh, so let's talk about the running backs here because I'm sure the, the listeners actually want to get some advice here yeah. on this one. Ronald, Ronald Jones, including myself. What, what would you do with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette if you had them I in think your both league? Both of these guys, I think both of these guys need to be started in this game and similar games that are like this, where it's going to be a tough or a really easy run defense, and you could see them getting ahead in this game. Ronald Jones has been scary. I understand the floor has been non-existent. He's only seen ten carries over his last two weeks. He hasn't seen over thirteen in any game with Leonard Fournette this year. Uh, since week one, and I, I just I know that it's going to be tough to trust him, but this matchup puts him on the RB two three radar this week. And then you look at Leonard Fournette. You know, since his return three weeks ago, he has not seen less than six targets in any game. He's got 15 catches in those three weeks. No team in the NFL, Johnny, is allowing more receptions to running backs than Carolina. So giddy up with Leonard Fournette. He's a PPR RB two and a standard flex. Only three teams in the NFL, Johnny, give up more points to running backs than Carolina. So that's what makes me confident in both Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Absolutely love that call. All right, jumping on over to the Carolina Panthers side of the ball. You had Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. You want We wanted to start him. We said to, to start him because he was a good streamer, and he kind of dudded out. But last week he had a very nice week. Uh, do you expect that to continue this week? And if so, where where do you see that going? I know the pass catchers are on uh, the forefront of a lot of people's minds, you know, with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel kind of all fighting, kind of similar to Tampa Bay, all fighting for what doesn't seem like the biggest piece of pie. Yeah, this week's a little tough. It's a really tough matchup against Tampa Bay. You look at Teddy Bridgewater prior to last week's shootout with Kansas City he had three straight games of less than 20 points I think he's at risk of going right down that same alley here he faces a Tampa Bay, de Tampa Bay defense that allows Tampa the B. ninth fewest Tampa B uh he allows the ninth fewest points per game to quarterbacks does Tampa Bay so I, I just think you can't start Teddy Bridgewater so you asked an interesting question though so what does that mean for the wide receivers 
I'm actually pretty excited about Robbie Anderson. I think he's a must start most weeks. He's 28% of the team's target market share. You look at the last game against Tampa Bay here, he got nine catches on 10 targets for 109 yards. And then you look at Carlton Davis, who mispracticed today, Johnny. That's the number one corner for Tampa Bay. Mispracticed today with his knee injury. Um, so we've got to see what happens there. I like him even if Carlton Davis does go. You look at Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, these cornerbacks, they're allowing less than 0.85 yards per route run to enemy wide receivers. It's a tough secondary. Yeah. But I think the volume alone for Robbie Anderson is going to be good. So I think he's a wide receiver, too. You look at the other guys, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. I think they're more on the flex radar. DJ Moore, 21% of the team's target market share. In this same matchup, back in week two, he saw 13 targets, caught eight of them for 120 yards. But lately, it's been the Curtis Samuel show, right, Johnny? So as this team has been facing deficits in their last month, they've had four straight losses. Samuel has really picked up his usage, 20 targets, 19 catches in his last three weeks, finds himself on the desperation flex radar. And I think the same could be said for DJ Moore. I just don't know if you're going to know each and every week if it's going to be a Moore or Samuel game. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're looking at. But with CMC out, which we'll get into next, Samuel's got a little bit of the rushing upside baked in there because they've been using him a little bit uh, in that manner. So I, I kind of like Curtis Samuel a little bit more than DJ Moore this week. On that note of the running backs, it looks like CMC's out. He's doubtful for this week, Johnny. They're talking about this shoulder injury, maybe not being uh, a season ender, but uh, they're they're hopeful for him next week. But he's definitely not going to play this one, and that puts Mike Mike Davis back on the map. Now, look, we've talked about on this show how bad that Tampa Bay defense is. I mean, or how good they are, I should say, about stopping the run. Tampa Bay is allowing less than 20 points per game to running backs this year, and the second fewest rushing yards in 2020. But there's a little sliver of hope for Mike Davis. Because they're allowing the second most receptions per game to enemy running backs, 6.5 on average. And you look at Mike Davis, he's averaged just over five catches per contest this year. I That includes the two games with CMC in that average. So he's continuing to get usage. Um, CMC obviously won't be here. So I think the passing game usage there, he's on that RB1, RB2 borderline with CMC out for me. All right, and then last to wrap up this, no interest in Ian Thomas. Just keep going, folks. Don't yeah. even try it. It doesn't look good. All right, we're going to uh, go on to uh, what might not else. You know, this might not look good, uh, depending on who you ask. Uh, you know, if it's Philly Chelsea, you'd say this looks real nasty. Uh, that is the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. This is a 44 over under. Pretty low, pretty low. Uh, but Philly is uh, favored by three and a half points, Travis. So let's start on the Philadelphia Eagles side of the ball. You've got Carson Wentz, who had started to see a little bit of a heating up, you know, motion. You know, like, it, you know, if you're seeing the the pot, if you got you got a pot of water and you start to see the 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 waves, you know, you start to see like the bubbles start coming up and you're like, oh, this is getting close to bubbling. Is it going to be bubbling now? Is it is it boiling time for Carson Wentz? Can we trust him in our lineups, or should we look the other way and go somewhere else? I don't think it's a boil, but it's definitely a simmer. I like this matchup. It's going to be a good great, one here. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, great. I think Carson Wentz has 20 or more points in four of his last six contests. He faces a Giants defense, you know, conversely, that's giving up 18.3 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Look, if you had Pat Mahomes on by, you got Matt Ryan on by. You should probably pick up a guy or you should probably be confident in starting Wentz in this matchup. 
the over-under is not there, but I think he's going to get it done. He's, and he's getting some weapons back, Johnny. Yeah, that's the exciting part, right? So we'll start with the running backs, uh, you know, the running back that he's getting back. He just so happens to be one of the best running backs, you know, in the NFL. And that is running back Miles Sanders coming back this week just in time to play your boy, Johnny Game Time. Uh, so what do you expect, you know, the damage to be uh, for Miles Sanders this week against me? Well, I think when he's back in, he's a he's an RB one. He's getting that RB one usage. Um, he's playing up above seventy eight percent of the snaps on average usually when he's in there, and he's getting around fifteen to twenty touches per game. That's exactly what you want out of your RB one. If he goes, you're starting him. If he doesn't go, uh, but I think he will go. I think everything's pointing towards that. Then you, you're looking at RB two usage for Boston Scott, and I think that would be fine to play him in there only in the case that Miles Sanders uh, somehow doesn't go. All right. Um, you got, you know, Alshon Jeffrey coming back. You've got Rieger coming back. Uh, he, I mean, he was back before the bo- or before last week, uh, but he gets continues to get uh, integrated in this offense. And then you got Travis Fulgham, who's just been, uh, you know, quietly doing a really solid job at the wide receiver position. What do you expect from this wide receiver core this week? Uh, we do know, you know, Travis Fulgham has been running as this team's ex wide receiver as the alpha there. Uh, but with Alshon coming back, he generally runs that route tree. So what do you expect? Uh, do you think this will affect Travis Fulgham? Would you play any of these wide receivers? Where are you at? Uh, the only one I'm comfortable with this week is Travis Fulgham. He scored in four of his last five games, has 70 or more receiving yards in four straight games. He's definitely the most trustworthy option in this passing core. Alshon Jeffrey, look, it's been a while since he's played. He is old. He's lumbering. He's always hurt. I just don't know if I want to trust him this week. I want to wait and see what happens with him back in the lineup. What's what's that guy's five-year plan? Don't die. (laughs) Don't die. Yeah, exactly. Alshon Jeffrey should get a lot of Bradbury too because he'll line up probably more as the X receiver, which I think – once again, bodes well for Travis Fulgham, who they'll try to use in other uh, splot, spots in the lineup to try and get him going. And then Jalen Rieger, look, another stash that I think has huge upside. I got to see some more volume before I'm going to do this. He he came back in the pre What, what are you guys game. dating? You, you, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, before you exactly. do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So six targets, and he caught a touchdown in that game against Dallas. We are dating. He's on my yeah. fantasy roster. You're That's not good, You're not good enough like. for me. Right We're now. embarking on a relationship. <laughs> I need to see some more out of him. Look, I'll bench his ass if he doesn't get it going. I need to see more out of him. Yeah. I really think it's going to come down to these two pass catchers, Travis Fulgham and Dallas Goddard, Johnny. I think those are the two you can trust. That's where Wentz will get it going because the other guys I think are going to be drawing coverage from the defense that are allowing the stars of this offense so far this year to get going prior to the injury. You saw Dallas Goddard get 17 targets in his first two weeks, and he should be back fully healthy. He played about 80% of the snaps. Didn't look great as far as uh, fantasy football is concerned. Box score is concerned in that Dallas game before the bye, but gets the bye, should be fully healthy. I really like both Travis Fulgham and Dallas Goddard in your lineups this week. All right, jumping to the other side of the ball, we've got the New York Giants here. Um, Not exactly... Uh, excited to break down this side of the ball, but we've got to do it. And, you know, we probably have some New York Giants fans, at least one or two, uh, listening to the show. So we got to do it for them. So Daniel yeah, Jones. Let, me, let oh. me start with the good thing, yeah. Johnny. Yeah, give me the that, good, that, the Evan bad, Ingram. the ugly. How about that? Yeah, I'm going to start with the good, okay? The good is Evan Ingram. 
Okay, he's an absolute smash spot this week. He's had nine or more targets in four of his last six games. He's going to face a Philly team that gives up the fifth most points per game to tight ends in fantasy, 13.4. Quit sliding in my DMs or mentioning me on Twitter and asking me about Evan Ingram. You're absolutely starting him this week. I don't want to hear it. Okay, tight end's such a dumpster fire. you got to be starting Evan Ingram. So that's the good. There's a little bit more good, I should say, actually. There's Sterling Shepard. In five games played, he has double-digit PPR fantasy points in four of them. So, Johnny, he's got 26 good. targets over his last three games, and he's caught 20 of them. He's going to get Nickel Roby Coleman, who is the slot cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Try he's saying up that one... 10 times fast. Nickel Roby Coleman is the slot cornerback for the New York Giants. Uh, I'm sorry, for the Philadelphia Eagles. See, I screwed it up. And he is giving up 1.17 yards per route run, two receivers. I think that Shepard is the only wide receiver you're going to start in this in this wide receiving room. And he's a PPR wide receiver two and a standard wide receiver three slash flex. And you asked me why about these other wide receivers. Look, Darius Slayton, I love his big playability. His usage has been all over the place, Johnny. Four or less targets in three of his last four games. You hate to see it. Golden Tate, prior to his suspension, had four straight games with five or less targets. You hate to see it. That's the bad. The ugly is this running back core and Daniel Jones. I was about to so, say, how do you get more uglier than Golden Tate uh, with four or five or less targets and a suspension coming off a of suspension? But you're right. It got uglier. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, it's I not mean, as look, bad. It's not well, that bad. Let's, the let's ugly, not. The, the, the ugly is really Daniel Jones. He's got 13 turnovers and eight touchdowns. You're not starting him. No. The bad is still Wayne Gallman and Devonta Freeman. Look. Wayne Goldman hasn't been sexy, but he has gotten volume, 14 touches per game, and he scored in three straight. Not ideal, but he's going to get on the RB2 slash RB3 range if Freeman is out. So I don't mind starting him there, but Freeman is back at practice and been limited with an ankle injury. And then this matchup is not good, Johnny. Philly is allowing the ninth fewest points per game to running back this year, and they're allowed the eighth fewest. They've allowed the eighth fewest rushing yards to any team in 2020. Uh, you just don't feel great about it. Other than Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, you're not very confident in what's going on in, in the Giants, on the Giants. All right. Speaking of something that you uh, aren't going from, something you aren't as confident to something that you are confident in, and that is that the Green Bay Packers are going to be playing. That was uh, the, the Jack- segue of the year. I, know, I just right. have to say that. I, I appreciate we that. We are rocking it in I, this retake. <laughs> I, I thought so. I thought I'd try the second time. Um so we got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Green Bay Packers. This is a 53-point over under, Travis. With get, get this. Get this. I'm not making this up. A 14-point spread in the favor of the Green Bay Packers. Goodness gracious. It's too low. Uh, it's too low. I agree. <laughs> I agree. But. Um, I let's let before we get you know similar to what you're saying the good the bad the ugly before we get to the good and the Green Bay Packers let's talk about the bad and the ugly and the Jacksonville Jaguars over here and let's talk about Jake Lutton are you glutton for Lutton this week uh do you think uh, you would at any any point ever start him in any kind of league even if there was 32 teams in there and there was a fire. Would you would you start? I still wouldn't call him dead. <laughs> I still uh, here's the deal. I'm not starting Jake Lutton. Green Bay's allowing the eighth least fantasy points per game to quarterbacks with 16.7. You like what you saw last week against Houston, but this is a much better secondary for the Packers. And really, it's you know I think a lot of the times it's because they're a run funnel defense, and we'll get into that a little bit. 
But Jake Lutton did have a nice game last week. 38 attempts, 26 completions, 304 yards, a touchdown on the ground, a touchdown through the air, and one interception. Look, you would love to chase the points here maybe, but I just don't think it's going to happen uh, against Green Bay. You know, on the road against Green Bay in this one, probably not good. Yeah, um, but what is going to be good is James Robinson against a very juicy matchup in that Green Bay Packers D-line. Tell us about why you just have to get James Rob. I mean, I was wrong. I was so wrong about this with I'm sorry. James Robinson. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I just me. wish I would have taken James Robinson more seriously at the beginning of the year. Um, I would have put him on a bunch of rosters. And I would have taken him in the 10th round for sure. Yeah. Um, so James Robinson's got back-to-back games with 25 or more touches. That's insane usage. You love that. He scored 14 or more PPR points in all but two games this year. That's consistency you would love to have at the running back position. And now he's going to face a Green Bay defense. That's allowing the second most points per game to running backs with 30.6. You cannot dream of a better smash spot for James Robinson than this one right here. Absolutely love that. All right. Um, looking at the wide receivers, you've got DJ Chark, LaVisha Schnell. And, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> basically. Uh, Keelan Cole disappearing act. So um, the, the big the big one. So LaVisha Schnell dealing with a hamstring injury. The big question here, everyone's going to be asking DJ Chark, what can he do? He had the big game last week. Uh, it didn't. We weren't sure, you know, what Lutton would look like. It looks like you get the field, the ball down the field. Are you trusting DJ Chark this week? I think I am. And I think, you know, a lot of the industry is going to tell you Jair Alexander will be all over him and he should be if he's in, but Jair Alexander got a concussion in the, in the 49ers game and has a hand injury that he's dealing with. Did not practice today. That's a Thursday practice. That's not a great sign. And then you just love the usage that DJ Shark got last week. Double-digit targets with 12. Got seven catches and 146 yards and a touchdown with Jake Lutton. One thing I'll give Jake Lutton and this Jacksonville Jaguar staff credit for this guy pushes the ball down the field. That's what they said. They said he would take more deep shots, and he definitely did it right off the bat with DJ Shark last week. So you like to see that, and I think you can you can you're gonna have a hard time benching Shark even if J.R. Alexander goes. But if he doesn't go, I really like Shark this week. All right. Uh, any interest in Tyler Eifert? Nope. Hasn't top 50 yards in a game this year. He's gonna face Green Bay, who's been really rock solid against tight end, only allowing 6.9. Nice to the nice. tight end position. All right, going to the good now. I told you that we were giving you the bad and the ugly. Now for the good stuff, the goodies. We got Aaron Rodgers up against probably one of the juiciest matchups he's had all year long. Definitely getting him in your lineup. Aaron Jones comes back, looked good last week, Travis, uh, and you know coming returning from that calf injury. Any anything you want to add with Aaron Rodgers and, and Aaron Jones? I know this is your team, so I just want to give you some time, maybe some space. I can turn the lights down, uh, maybe light a candle. Uh, what would you like uh, to do? No, I, I just think they're a highly efficient offense, and they run with their their studs, Aaron Jones, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, and, and Devontae Adams. Those are the guys that get it done for them. Look, Aaron Rodgers is a top five QB overall. He's facing a Jags defense that is a top five matchup against fantasy quarterbacks. I, I, I mean, I think Green Bay has the highest t- implied team total this week at like 30 points. So you're absolutely smash starting all of their studs. 
Uh, it's an LFG moment for all of them. Aaron Jones, only five teams give up more points per game to the running backs than the Jaguars. Right. And he's the RB5 in points per game with 17.5. You love what's going on there. Um, and then, you know, you look at Jamal Williams, like with Aaron Jones back, his usage is going to be sporadic. He's a desperation flex in this positive game script because you could see a situation where they pull Aaron Jones in the third, fourth quarter or something, and then Jamal. But I would hate to have to wait for that. Um, that should be a desperation situation only. And then finally, the the last stud I want to talk about here, uh, and then we can dive into some of the deeper plays, is Devontae Adams, Johnny. Adams is the wide receiver three in two less games than the wide receiver two and three less games than the wide receiver one. The only guys that have scored more points have played two and three more games than Devontae Adams. He's the wide receiver one in points per game with 19.2. Johnny, that's four points more than second place uh, as far as what he scores per game with, once again, the highest implied team total this week, this year or this week, uh, Devontae Adams is in an absolute smash spot as well. I love that. I love that call. Uh, M- any interest in MBS? And then you had Alan Lazard. Uh, we had some good positive reviews come out about Alan Lazard potentially playing this week. What do you do? What do you do? Oh, man. I love MVS so much, but he's so frustrating. Um, and there's always a threat to score with MVS. Um, he's the field stretcher. He goes down the seam. You like that, but he, you're somewhat chasing points with MVS because he's only had over four targets. Um, he hasn't had any since week. I'm sorry. He hasn't had any games over four targets since week six. And that's even without Alan Lazard in the lineup, which should mean more volume. It just hasn't. It's been other guys that have got it done. Um, so I would not chase the points with MVS. But I would be considered, um, you know, maybe flexing Alan Lazard here. He should be back from injury, 18 or more fantasy points in two of his first three weeks before he got injured. Um, He's a complimentary wide receiver, worth a flex here uh, with a Jags defense that's allowing 32 points per game to wide receivers. But we've talked about this before that those could all end up in Devontae Adams bucket by the end of it. Um, And then we'll. Before we move on, Robert Tunyon, he you know had the big game. We knew that was probably his ceiling game. But do you trust him in your lineup this week? Yeah, I think I would. Um, and I think it's most mostly because of the matchup and the fact that tight end is very volatile. So he's been shaking off an ankle injury. You'll have to watch his practice report. But he's and he's been more volatile because of that. But I'm staying with him. Um, you're going to face a Jags defense that's the third best matchup against tight end. So I think Tunyon's fine. Once again, really a lot of points here to uh, up for grabs, and he could definitely score. All right, moving on to probably what's going to be the game of the weekend, uh, and that is no offense to Big Travis Green Bay Packers, uh, but that <laughs> moving on to the Arizona Cardinals are against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo coming in. This is a fifty-six point over under, and Buffalo is uh, one and a half point underdogs in this matchup. Travis, I always you know. I just want to, I I mentioned this, uh, you know, in part one recording and I want to mention it in part two recording just because I I think it's just, it needs to be repeated and that uh, I I find it funny that a seven and two team that comes in, uh, it's considered an underdog um, to my Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that, that, That makes me feel good. That makes me feel good. Yeah, I think Josh Allen here is is looking like a guy that you can really trust every single week again. You know, he had a he had a month of sub twenty point games, 
And I really, I really think that he's ready to rock and roll again. I mean, last week against Seattle, 415 passing yards. And for, what are you laughing at over there? <laughs> I definitely was asking you a different question, oh, you but did? you were in the zone, so I wasn't going to stop you, dude. Just keep going with the Josh Allen, but I, I, I would definitely, sorry, man. it's all I was good. Pulling, I was pulling up my notes on Josh Allen, getting ready for it. It was the top of the sheet. No, I don't know if you guys good. can tell, but we've, uh, we've recorded this one a couple yeah. times, so. You're We're just good. trying to get through it here. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, tell us why we should start Josh Allen. <laughs> well, I mean, look, just, just, the bottom line is, is I understand if you have trepidation with Josh Allen. He did have a month of sub 20 plus point games, but then he got on track here against Seattle last week, 415 passing yards, four total touchdowns. And now he's going to face a cards defense in this over under that's 56 points so you you imagine it should work out as a shootout um johnny you've talked before about why last week was a shootout with miami um you had some corners out obviously COVID issues but i still think that this offense when it hits for buffalo can put points up on the board in a hurry and so i think this is a game that's going to probably you know be a shootout in, in that sense yeah, I definitely talked about on part one of part three recording about, uh, you know, uh, corners one and two being out, uh, or sorry, two and three, Murphy and Fitzma uh, Fitzpatrick out for the Cardinals. But I, I think you, you know, you totally, you totally hit on the head that it, I don't think that that's going to really affect Josh Allen because of the way that he can get it done for fantasy purposes. I think you've got to trust him because of the rushing, uh, the rushing floor upside he has. Um, but I want to talk about these wide receivers before we dive into, you know, what is or what seems to be the mucky muck of the running backs uh, here for Buffalo. But um Stephon Diggs, top ten wide receiver coming in. Depending on your on your format, he might be top six. Uh, John Brown, Smokey Brown, and what could be a revenge game. And then Cole Beasley, who just ends up soaking up targets uh, out of that slot position. So Travis, do you like you know? You're obviously Diggs is going to be someone that you're going to play this week. But just how how effective do you think Diggs will be this week? And what are your expectations for John Brown and Cole, Cole Beasley? Yeah, the wide receivers are kind of like a red light, green light, yellow light uh, game you're playing here. And I think the green light is Stephon Diggs. He's the wide receiver six in standard scoring. He's got elite usage. He's got eight targets or more in seven of his last nine games. So for me, Diggs goes into your lineup. You, you have confidence with him each and every week because he's going to get it done. The yellow light is John Brown. I know this might surprise some people, but I think he's finally healthy. Last week, we saw him get 11 targets, 8 catches, 99 yards. You talked about the revenge game narrative, hashtag revenge game. Uh, we've got Buffalo has one of the highest team totals this week. Uh, we talked about, you know, the high over under. And then you got Brown up against Dre Kirkpatrick, who's likely to get his ass kicked here because he's given up 1.7 yards per route run. Uh, and that's one of the best scores uh, allowed to wide receivers this year from a po enemy cornerbacks. But then I want to just touch on Cole Beasley. I, I don't think you can start him. I think with Brown back, we're seeing his floor. He's only had five targets over his last two weeks. So I think the the Cole Beasley experiment is back to very volatile usage, and that's just not something we can trust. All right. Um, the running back situation might not be something we can trust either. You've got Devin Singletary who, um, you know, let's be honest, it's been really, really rough. 
And then, you know, for Zach Moss, it's been a little bit rough, but at least he's had the touchdown upside and getting the goal line work. So can you start with any confidence, any one of these running backs? I honestly think you not with confidence, but you could plug in Zach Moss a lot more than you could Devin Singletary. And here's the thing, Johnny, Devin Singletary has not had 10 or more PPR points in all but one game this year. And and I'm sorry, all but one of his last five games. So then some of those games included Zach Moss not being on the field. So I just don't understand what's going on over there. He's the between the 20s back, very little upside. He's had some good metrics you like to bring up. We had a little Twitter spat. You like to bring up his elusivity metrics, and I think those are fair. But the bottom line is he's not getting the money touches, which are the red zone looks. He's, you know, you look at Zach Moss is actually getting around the same receiving usage that Devin Singletary is getting. So he's not even getting the bulk of the receiving usage. So I don't think you can start Devin Singletary, and I honestly think in in some leagues he's cut he's cuttable or at least benchable in a lot of spots. Zach Moss now, he's scored in back-to-back weeks. He hasn't been the most efficient, but he seems to have the lock on the red zone work, and he's played 50% of snaps in back-to-back weeks now. You look at the matchup, Johnny, Arizona giving up 19 points per game to opposing running backs. I'm actually fine with you know Zach Moss in your flex, RB3, and he's likely touchdown dependent, but I think he's going to get some run in this one. All right. Speaking of uh, getting some run, Kyler Murray has gotten a lot of run so far this year. Uh, in fact, getting the vast majority of the touchdown runs for the Arizona Cardinals. Hey, what's getting some run is this this podcast we're recording. Yeah. It's got some run. Yeah. As in multiple times. Yeah, that is very true as well. Uh, hopefully it doesn't have to get some more run. Um, but Kyler Murray... Kyler Murray should continue to run on uh, this defense. Uh, Am I right, Travis? This is someone that has just been a fantasy darling. And if you listen to your boy, Johnny Game Time, during the Mock Draft Marathon, uh, he called Kyler Murray being the QB1 this year. And he's getting real close. Yeah, well, he's he's not the QB one. Uh, he has he just came off a bye, so uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago, so we understand that he's the QB t- two in most scoring formats. Hasn't had a game under twenty two points this year in most of those formats, and he's got thirty five points or more in back to back games. You love to see that. You love this huge over and under. Kyler is leading. We talked about the rushing. He's leading quarterbacks in rushing yards and in rushing touchdowns. And now he's going to face a Buffalo defense that's given up the second most rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this year. Um, Not that you needed my help to tell you to start Kyler Murray. You're definitely starting Kyler Murray. I think it gets a little bit interesting as we move on down the roster, especially in the running back department, because Kenyon Drake practicing now. um, Yeah, limited Looking like he might be a shot to play here. Yeah. So... I mean, I yeah, I don't know if I'm you get any insight here. Oh, I, What's yeah, that? I know I'm as speechless as you are. Uh, the the injury looked pretty severe, um, but the fact that he's potentially able to come back, you know, pretty shortly after the bye, um, you know, two we're just two weeks removed from that injury, right? Uh, what I was li- joking with with Summy off air that I think he he probably just doesn't want to lose his job. He's probably like, I need to get back yeah. because. Chase Edmonds in the game without him got 28 touches. Johnny uh, wasn't really efficient, but he's got a much better matchup here against Buffalo. If the, if he can get Drake to sit out one more week, I think this could close the door on any kind of usage. Not like any kind of usage, but putting Drake more in a complimentary role when he gets back. So 
here's the story. I, I think if Kenyon Drake plays, I think it's going to be more of a 60-40 split than we're used to seeing Kenyon Drake get, and that means more of the rushing usage. He wasn't getting any passing game usage, and so for me, even though this is a top 12 matchup, because of the skeptical usage I'd be worried about with Drake, if he if he ends up playing, I think he's only a flex. Whereas Chase Edmonds, if Drake is out, is an RB1, right? But if Drake is in, I think he's still an RB2, RB3 with the receiving work that he's going to be given. Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, what you're saying there. Uh, I am a little concerned about what the workload would be like uh, if Drake does come back. And like, you can't you can't be too excited that that foot can't be fully healthy, but who knows? We'll see. I do think that, you know, you aren't probably far off base in knowing that, you know, Drake wants to get paid. He was on that one year contract. Uh, and so you could definitely understand, uh, and it wouldn't be far fetched to believe that that is one of the main reasons why he wants to just try to give it a go and, and get out there. Uh, Something that you don't, you know, have to worry about as far as uh, whether he's going to give it a go. That is DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to be getting him in your lineup no matter what. We understand he had a, uh, you know, down week last week. Uh, but unfortunately, if you look at the box score, it doesn't show, you know, the four pass interference calls that he drew uh, to keep drives alive. Um, unfortunately, those don't count for fantasy points. But if they did, you would have had like an extra, you know, 80 yards because that's about how much uh, that uh, was drawn on him. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins should be a better play this week. Am I right, Travis? And then if 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 you don't like him, where else would you look here? Christian Kirk or Larry Fitzgerald? Well, let's be clear. I I like him and I kind of like all wide receivers for the Cardinals this week. Um, Obviously, he did get styming last week. He's going to play. He played against Xavier Howard last week, and he only had the three catches for 30 yards. Um, but he's going to get a healthy dose of Tredavious White this week. So it's not getting exactly that much better uh, because Tredavious White is a fantastic corner. Now, Tredavious White, similar to what we talked about with Patrick Peterson, is kind of warming uh, back up, and he's getting a little bit better. But I'd still trust Hopkins and his talent here, and he's a, he's a no-brainer start for me this week. I want to talk about Christian Kirk because this was a guy that was on our radar a lot this offseason as a guy who could break out, and I think he's finally doing it. He had a slow start, obviously, but he's ballooned all the way up to wide receiver 24 and standard. So he's a clear wide receiver, too, with huge upside each and every week. Six touchdowns in his last game, Johnny. Now he's got back-to-back games with eight targets. And we were talking a few weeks ago, and you told me, I just don't know about Kirk because of the usage. I'm a little bit concerned, you know. They're running a lot with Murray. They're just chucking it a lot to Hopkins. What about Kirk? But I was telling you, I like the way they're using him in the red zone. And now we look a few weeks later, Johnny, he leads the team with red zone targets with eight. And I think that puts him wide receiver two, wide receiver three range every week with low end wide receiver one upside because he could take a big one to the house, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks. And here's here's my long shot, though. I really like Larry Fitzgerald this week, Johnny. I think that he's a sneaky play. The slot wide receivers versus Buffalo, this is something we've heavily documented this year, and that's because you look at Teron Johnson, the slot corner for Buffalo, giving up 1.75 yards per route run to enemy slot wide receivers. And then you look at Fitz, he's kind of warming up for that old man body lately. He's been heating up with nine or more fantasy points in PPR in back-to-back games. I think he could be worth a flex this week. Um, and I think I think he's got a good shot here. Definitely love that. Uh, when you're looking at the tight end position, Dan Arnold, nothing to see there. Um, just a, a wish and a prayer at that point. Anything, well, and, I th- and I think 
I think Larry's kind of been the de facto tight end for this offense. He's just been the slot guy, the big body over the middle. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. All right, Big Travi. Uh, anything else you want to uh, add before you we know what? Wrap that was so this? much fun, dude. Let's do it again. Yeah, let's do take three, take four, <laughs> take five. I don't know whatever take it is, and see if it's better than this one. How about that? Just oh, uh, we, we just, just want to say thank you, Whisper Nation, for listening in on this one. We know it was a little bit rough, and we were working through that, but uh, we wanted to get you the content. And as always, you can follow us over on YouTube as we're putting out fresh content each and every day, and hit us up on social media if you got that, those lineup questions. All right, until next time, that is Big Travi. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and we're the Fantasy Whispers, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers. 